Hey everybody, welcome back to the New Seed Podcast. Your host Chris, joined as always by my co-host Peace. And today, a very, very special episode. Uh, someone that me and Peacemaker have gotten to know over the years and we're very close with. Someone who has a really, really, really long experience in HR, in the people space. And she's for now over a decade represented one of the most fashion houses in the world. Steve Madden, the one and only VP of HR at Steve Madden, Lindsay Benson. Lindsay, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. So please tell everyone a little bit more about your role at Steve Madden, a little bit about your background overall. Sure. So I have been with Steve Madden. It's going to be 14 years in September. And I started there. I was like a um, generalist, uh, like an HR assistant doing recruiting, doing leaves of absence. And I've just grown. I've grown with the company. I've taken on different roles. I became the head of talent while I was there, then an HR manager. And now I am the head of the, the HR department. No, that it, it's always beautiful to see someone stick with a company for so long and really like kind of see it evolve because, you know, we see so many people move and have like a, a billion different jobs. So you know, to see decade plus in there, you get to see just so many different things change within the organization. So we think that's really interesting. But if you could, right now, today, what's a day in your life like as the VP of HR at oh, Steve Madden? Good Talk question. About it. Good question. Well, it's never the same day. It's never the same day twice. I I can walk in and say, okay, this is my plan for the day. Right. This is what I'm going to do, and then nothing gets you know no, nothing that was on the list gets done because I'd get thrown a million curveballs. But I do have a, a large team. So one of the things I, I do on like a weekly basis is I meet, I do one-on-ones with the people who directly reported to me. So, you know, a typical day might be, you know, having a, a, a couple of one-on-one touch bases with the members of my team. I am very involved with my team. I'm not, I don't micromanage, but my door is always open. Right? I, I don't, you, they don't need to schedule a meeting if they have a question or comment or if they want to run something by me. So a lot of the day, honestly, is them just coming in and saying, hey, what about this? What about that? Or can I run this by you? Or what are your thoughts on, on this? And I, and I love to be able to, to do that, to give them guidance and, and mentor them just like on the spot as opposed to doing something formal. There's also projects, right? We have a ton of projects that we're, we're, we're always working on. So currently we're doing like a big implementation. Um, for one of our systems. So there's always conversations and meetings about that. And then there's the things that just get the curveballs, right? There's an employee complaint, you know, someone needs to be fired, or someone needs to be coached and, and counseled, or there's an interview, and it might be for, you know, someone needs a second opinion or a third opinion. And since I've been there for so long, you will say, can you just spend a few minutes with them to make sure that, you know, they're a cultural fit for us. So that's, you know, in a nutshell, what I do on a on a daily basis. How do you manage who's a cultural fit once they're hired versus before you even get them hired through the door? Like you mentioned, like sometimes you may have to fire somebody. You mentioned, yeah. hey, we may need to implement some coaching. How do you figure out one over the other and connect that to just understanding how important cultural fit is towards your day-to-day and Steve Madden? So, you know, I will say that if someone is, it doesn't matter someone's qualifications or if they can do the job. If they are not a cultural fit, it is not going to work, right? So it doesn't like the like 
it doesn't matter. They can have these degrees, a certain skill set. If I, if they're not going to fit into our culture, it won't work. Why do I say that? We are, we are very fast paced. We're constantly moving. Like I said, I can have a to-do list and then none of that gets done because you are thrown a million curveballs and you need to be able to, to go with that. So if someone doesn't like to be surprised, likes to just sit there, is slow, that won't work. We're, we're, we're fast paced. We are also, you know, we're hybrid, but we're also heavy on in the office, right? So anyone who's a product person, they have to be in the office. And so if someone wants to work from home, again, that's not going to work. We're, we're casual. We're not very corporate-y. So that's, you know, some people like structure. We're, we have structure, but we also, I like to say it's creative chaos, right? And so if somebody, I always say, if somebody lasts a year, they're going to stay forever. We have a lot of employees who have been with us. You know, I, I'm 14 years. There's people who've been there 25 years and there's a ton of them. So, so that's why culture fit is so important because if you're not going to be able to fit in, you're not, you're not going to be able to be successful. So from what we've learned, culture seems the, you know, ebb and flow in different departments. Maybe marketing has mm-hmm. their own, yeah, marketing has their own creative culture, then product, then the individuals designing the shoe. As the head of the HR function, how do you manage all these small, almost villages of culture within Steve Madden? That's a great point because, right, we have like an overall company culture, but to what you said, every department has their own culture, right? And that is typically the tone is set by the, the manager, right? The division head in that. And it's interesting because, uh, you know, my, my department, I, I like to think that I, that the culture is great and everyone's happy and they're engaged. And it shows though in my turnover, right? Like I don't have high turnover because they're happy. They're engaged. I challenge them, but I also teach them. Some of the other departments, right, where the culture is different because the manager maybe is a micromanager or, uh, you know, I don't know, like like a micromanager. If we don't hire, if we hire culturally someone who doesn't like to be micromanaged, it's not going to work. So, so one of the things in HR that we have to do, especially on the recruitment side, is know and understand the, the different cultures within the organization, right? Like we need to know all right, what's the culture in marketing like? What's the culture in accounting like? And when we hire, like, yes, overall, it has to be a cultural fit, but they have to be a cultural fit for that department, right? So I tell my recruiters, you need to get to know your hiring managers. Talk to them, go hang out with them, go watch what's going on in the department because you can't, it's not one size fits all. So, you know, you said, how do we manage that? We manage that by understanding each of the different departments because they are so different. So you mentioned you've been there for a decade plus. You've individuals have been been there for 20, 25 years. And earlier you also mentioned you started what HR assistant. You were an HR manager, I believe, and as we all yeah. know, manage that the whole HR function. How has the culture evolved in time? Has there been any nuances, you know, as different demands of different people yeah. and you know, younger generations wanting different things culturally. What has Steve Madden done to evolve their culture and be suitable to all generations, you know, for the individuals that are just getting started as interns versus the individuals that have been there, as I said earlier, for 20, 25 years plus? I have to say it is one of the coolest things is 
with, you know, with being with a comp- company this long is seeing the culture evolve and change. Like when I started, when I tell you, when I started, we were in the office five days a week. You know, you didn't leave before six o'clock. Work from home. What's what's work from home? Training and development. We don't, we, we didn't do that. You know, applications were done on paper. Performance reviews. We used to do performance reviews like in, in, in an Excel document. And then you had to print them out and sign it. And now, like, oh my gosh, now, you know, we have an applicant tracking system. Everything is done online. Once we hire someone, the paperwork automatically flows to payroll. Training and development. We do a whole, we started this year, we do leadership development. So anyone who's a manager of people goes through a four, it's four different classes to take a leadership development. It's like a leadership development program. We never did that before. You know, COVID, right? Like COVID happened. Talk about, you know, what's a typical day like? Well, you know, all of a sudden we're in, we're having a meeting and the next thing I know, the half, you know, the company's home. Half the company didn't have laptops when COVID happened. We, we left on a Friday to, we didn't come back. More than half the company didn't have laptops. So now people have laptops. You know, we have these, the, the, the younger generation who want to work from home. I have their managers, right, who've been there for 25 years. And they're like, what do you mean they want to work from home? They're like, they can't, they can't work from home. We never worked from home. And that can be challenging trying to explain to the people who've been there for 25 years that are managing the, you know, the, this younger generation, like things have changed. Or the younger generation love the training and development. And I have these managers who are saying, oh, boy, wow, they're going to take four hours of their over the next four weeks to to, to attend a training, you know, and I'm like, yes, they are. That's important. And they don't understand that because they never did that. Yeah, that's really interesting. You've been a part of so many just different, just cultural trends and shifts, yeah. different generations of people, you know, desiring different things. Was there anybody who were, is there anybody that was really helpful to you as on your journey, as things were evolving, anyone maybe in your network or within Steve Madden that kind of helped you Every time there was a big shift, like help you realign and say, hey, this is what's happening right now. You know, be aware of this, things like that. Anyone in the company or anyone just in general? Anyone in, anyone in general, really. Whoever you think, yeah. you think deserves their flowers for helping you along the way. I will say, well, a couple of things. One, I'm part of a group of HR professionals in the footwear industry that I've been a part of for years and years and years. And that group is fantastic because we we run things, everything by each other. So, you know, when things happen, we're like, whoa, what is this? Uh, have you guys done this? What have you heard of this? What do you, oh, you know, here's this trend. So having that group has been a lifesaver for me in my career because they're in my shoes, right? There are other HR professionals and we could be open and honest and talk about things. I'll say more recently, at Steve Madden, like internally, there's some new blood, right? We we have a whole CSR department now. That is not something we've had. That's been, I guess we've had, that's been, I think it's four or five years that we have a whole, like a CSR team. And that group, I work very closely with them and they're, you know, innovative and they're ready to do the next thing. And they believe in in the sustainability efforts and our DEIB efforts and the the training and development. So having internal those internal partners as well to support you know i support them they support me has also been very helpful wanting to go back to the culture piece that you mentioned earlier 
Steve mm-hmm. Madden, we know as well as a well-renowned brand. Everyone knows you guys for your sneakers, clothing, everything of the sorts. How do you differentiate the branding of your culture versus just the branding of your overall product? Like when everyone thinks Steve Madden, they just think shoes, 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 shoes. Steve Madden, shoes, right? I'm sure you guys have a, a great finance department, a great design department. How do you manage that? Or how do you battle that when people showing people that, you know, Steve Madden is more than just a shoe company through a product perspective, as well as, you know, we're more than what seems to be to the eye in terms of yeah. just a bunch of designers. So good question, because we recently, so we recently hired someone. I think she's been there. I think she just made a year and she's just the head of like brand management. And what she was tasked with doing is looking at everything, looking at the shoes, looking at the apparel, looking at the bag, and making sure that we were consistent across all the divisions, right? Because we do have handbags and we have bags that are sold in, you know, Target and bags that are sold in Nordstrom and shoes that are sold in Target and shoes. So she, she, we hired her to like look overall at the brand to make sure that we were consistent because we weren't, right? And, and also to make sure like, who's our customer? Well, the customer can be anywhere from eight to 80, right? We do kids shoes that I don't know that people necessarily do. We do women's shoes. We do men's shoes. You know, we do belts. So we do have so many different divisions. And so what she came on and did was looked at everything and wanted to be consistent and is making sure that we do speak to anyone between eight and 80, essentially. And she's doing that by changing the way we're doing some of our our marketing, some of the way we're doing our, like on our website, we're going to change the way some of that look and focus more on, I'm not sure exactly what she, she just wants to focus more on some of the brand images. And we're going to be launching something within within the next couple of weeks, actually a new campaign. So it'll be exciting to see what that looks like. Yes, that sounds very exciting. Always exciting to see whatever Steve Van has going on. Because again, one of the most iconic brands of all time, just in general. So kind of transition, Lindsay, what are just some of the challenges you're facing right now as the, as the vice president <laughs> of human resources? Like right now on your desk, what are some challenges? Good question. Let's see. What are some of the challenges? Oh, gosh, there's always a challenge. So, well, you know, we, we, we did this implementation. We did this huge implementation. And that's always, that's always hard because it's change management, right? Like we changed a system. So employees needed to learn a new system. We did, we keep automated wherever we can automate and get rid of paper we're doing. So we are automating some of the processes. And with that, you know, it's communication. We have to communicate to the managers, the employees, you know, they're used to doing things a certain way and now we're doing it different. So, so that's been an ongoing challenge as we continue to like evolve and automate things. We are also doing a lot more training, like I mentioned. And so in my, you know, perfect world, I want 100% of the people trained, right? And there's some that don't, they don't see the importance of it. And so, you know, it's a challenge because I don't want to force anybody to do something. So sometimes it's challenging to get people to understand like what, why this is so important. You know, they say there's like studies that show the more, you know, engaged employees, it's because of the manager, right? Like they say, I think it's managers who do conduct one-on-ones with employees their employees are much more engaged than managers who do not do one-on-ones. So we've been having a big push for managers to do these one-on-ones because we we believe that's going to 
tie into engagement because studies show that. And there's managers who are, it's, it's a struggle to get them to, to, to want to do this. And we think it's important. So that challenge. I'd also say, you know, this, this hybrid work environment still continues to be a challenge for us because we were a company that never worked from home. We're product driven and there's, you have to touch product. You have to feel product. You know, you have to set out a line of shoes in a room and see how the whole line is going to look. You got to try on a shoe to make sure the fit going to be right so we we struggle you know that's a challenge too um you know people wanting to be 100 percent remote we're just not a, we're not that kind of company so when we're recruiting we have to make sure we recruit people that want to come into an office at least at least three to four days a week have those challenges been the same or consistent as time went on as you were leading the hr function or do you feel like due to for example remote work the hybrid way of working is something new that hits your table like are these certain issues that you've been always dealing with? Are these just new issues? New Um, issues. I feel like there's, I feel like there's constantly new issues. I mean, there's some things that are consistent, right? Like there's consistent things like some, there's, we have a team that's one of our areas that we hire pretty much like out of school. There's huge turnover. There's always been huge turnover in that, on, in that department. And it's just because it's very entry level. Sometimes it's their first time working. They don't like an office environment or because it's entry level, they grow from there and we always promote from within. So we pull from there, right? Like that's a challenge we always have. But, you know, the hybrid thing is a new challenge for us. COVID, when COVID happened, you know, just managing all there's all these laws came out and you had to stay on top of all these different types of leaves that you can offer in different states. Like that became a new challenge. Law, speaking of laws, like in New York alone, there's, there's constantly these laws being passed. Like, you know, now you have to post salary ranges on all of your job postings, right? In New York. So all of a sudden that get gets passed and we have to go to all of our job descriptions and make sure we put a salary range, but it's not so simple. You have to make sure we had to then look and say, oh boy, we're posting the salary range, which means our employees are going to see a job posting for that salary range. We need to make sure our current employees are in that range, right? Because if they're not, they're going to come to us and say, wow, my job is posted for $10,000 more than I make. Why? So as things evolve and pop up and laws get passed, we're faced with new challenges. What is what is that relationship like dealing with in that situation, posting oh, yeah. your salary ranges and now you have disgruntled, potentially disgruntled employees saying, hey, maybe I should be making more. Or why is he yeah. making you know, $5,000, $10,000 more? I mean, like, how do, you, how do you navigate that? That's, yeah, that's that's been tough. So, so when... The law, when, when we, we knew this was going to happen. So we internally looked at everybody to try and get ahead of it where we can and say, oh, maybe we need to change job titles, right? Maybe someone is not in the right title. So by changing the title, you know, or maybe there's people who are like underpaid. So we did do some salary adjustments. But if somebody does come to us and say, hey, I saw this posting and it's more than I make, we say, listen, it's a range, right? There's a range for a reason. Different things go into what someone makes. Their, you know, their past experience, their educational background, some of the skills they have. So, you know, maybe the reason you make $5,000 less than what it says is because the person that we're looking for has a, sp- a unique skill set now, or they're, they have a master's degree. Or, or something like that. So it's been a challenge. It's been a challenge. With all those challenges that you mentioned, what is one challenge that you wish was completely off your table? Like, hey, someone else do this. 
let's automate this. What would make, what's just one thing that you wish that could make your, your day-to-day a little easier? That's a good question. I mean, I, I, I wish there was some magic tool that just can hire the perfect fit every single time because, you know, the, the cost of turnover, it's expensive. So if I could say, wow, I could press a button and, and someone would be the right fit and there'd be no turnover and they would fit right in automatically with the culture and be able to get up to speed faster. That would be fantastic. Well, whoever's listening, I want to make a lot of money. <laughs> Steve Madden as a customer. <laughs> so you mentioned all these issues you're going with. So what does success look like? What's the other side of the table look like for you guys? What does success look like for Steve Madden yeah. from a culture standpoint or just success within your HR function? So, you know, when I started, we in HR, we were, you know, paper pushers, right? That's what people looked at. And now, you know, we're becoming true partners. You know, they always used to talk about HR having a seat at the table and we have a seat at the table. And that I'm proud of that, that, you know, I, that happened while I was there. So that, you know, th- th- I'm very happy about that. I, I love the fact that we're rolling out training and development and becoming partners and, you know, we're doing training. We're doing, for example, our recruiter put together interview skills training for our managers so that we can train them on how to hire the right people. Right. And and we're doing, you know, pushing our managers to have these one-on-ones and constant co- coaching sessions. So we're becoming like a partner. And because we're automating and doing less paper, we could do more analytics. Like analytics is huge. I don't want to just be able to say things. I want to be able to back it with numbers. I think that's important for an HR department. And so we're getting into doing some more analytics on my team. And that's, you know, I love that. I love being able to do that kind of stuff. Culture runs through your your department as well as employer branding, similarly to what happens with marketing. Is there much of a relationship internally with Steve Madden with your department marketing in terms of making sure the culture and success moves smoothly, understanding that, that that's really important to candidates as well as employees? We need to do better there. We had a meeting with marketing a couple of months ago to say that we need to like, just for like our social media, you know, or like our LinkedIn pages and things like that, that we need to collaborate better. And, you know, now that they're doing this whole new, it's not called a rebranding. It's like, um, like we're not rebranding because that, that, you know, we're just changing things. I, I said to the, the, the head of the, the brand development, I said, we need the images. We need the content. I want to be able to use whatever you're using on our social media pages, you know, in terms of like what we're doing for recruitment, even for like new hires, like during new hire orientation, someone should maybe be coming from marketing to think about the brand, even finance, you know, even people in finance need to understand that. So that's an area for us actually that we we could do better in. How important is employer branding to you and your department? What effect does that have with how you seem to close candidates, you know, something that we've seen talking to a multitude of other CHROs, you know, VP of people is typically that first engagement candidates have with the company or a brand tends to be because of an employer branding campaign or something of the source. So with that being said, how important is it to you, regardless of what you guys have going on now, yeah. that you believe that HR departments or people operations uh, should consider when thinking about employer branding? Oh, I think it's very important. You know, one of the things that I, I speak about recruitment a lot because I think I always think about like recruitment is the face, the 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 of of you know they they have the first initial contact with with candidates. They're the ones who 
you know, they go to career fairs and they and they post on our on our sites. And so, you know, I think they're the ones who talk about the brand. They're the ones who have to sell them. Sometimes I don't know, sometimes they have to sell the brand, right? Like I wish that no one ever had to sell the brand because but there's some people sometimes honestly that don't like in IT maybe or finance that, you know, they don't know. But I but I think what we want is we want to say like oh wow, we want people to be like, wow, Steve Madden's hiring. Oh my gosh. I love the brand. I, I I love the culture. I love what I read about them. I love what I see. You know, I love what I hear. I love when I look on Glassdoor or LinkedIn. I love the reviews, you know, and and we want those to be consistent, right? Like you want them to be consistent. And it's it's hard. Like it's hard. And I think that's something that we constantly have to have to work on because it is so important. So Lindsay, let's let's uh do a little role playing right here. Let's say me and Peacemaker were two candidates interested in, in working at Steve Madden. Mm-hmm. What's the sell us? How would you convince us that Steve Madden, without a doubt, is the best place to work and that we, without a doubt, should work there? I mean, the opportunity, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a success story. There's tons of people like me in the company. I think there's just so much opportunity for people because we have so many different divisions and we do, you know, we do belts and bags. We're a lifestyle brand now, right? And so that's exciting. And you don't ever have to, we have people who start in shoes and go to bags or start in a kid's division and then go to like the main line or then maybe do, you know, something for off price. Like there's just the opportunity for people is huge, right? The exposure that you can walk into Steve's office if you want. His, his door's open too. My door's open. The CEO, the CFO, we have an open door policy. So anybody at any time can just walk into, walk into the CEO's office and have a chat. Not a lot of companies you can do that, right? Like you don't, you could just go in there and say, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. You can go to Steve and say, Hey, I have this idea and he'll listen. And I think just that in itself is, is great. And I think the fact that there are so many of us that have stayed for such a long time you know, speaks a lot about the company. We are a big company, but we have like a small company feel. We, you know, last week we had a company barbecue. We we do a, a huge thing in October where the employees can bring their kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews, you know, to the office and we have bounce houses and face painting for them. So we're like a family, which is, which is really nice. You know, you spend a lot of time with the people you work with. So they become family. And so we, we do events for the family, which is, you know, which is one of the things that I love about Steve Madden. And I, you know, I love that it's never the same day twice. You will never be bored. You never know what you're going to walk into that day. And it just keeps things exciting. What are some things you wish people knew about Steve Madden that typically is something that they have to experience when they step foot as a team member? That's a really, oh, that's a good question. What do I wish that people knew? I mean, I think I, I I think it's important for people to know that like you're not stuck in a job. I think that's huge. I think if if I was to show you, we were talking about analytics before the numbers on the amount of people who transfer within divisions within departments get promoted, you'd be shocked. Like it's a lot. So that's something that we don't really advertise. So I, I wish people would know that. And, you can feel it. Like when you walk into our office, there's just this energy. You know, it's not quiet. Or maybe, you know, maybe maybe sometimes on like, you know, on, on the finance side, it's quiet when they're like closing the books. But but there's always energy. There's always someone's birthday, someone singing, or they're looking at a shoe or they're grabbing someone and saying, hey, try this shoe on. Let's see how it feels. Like there's just this 
really cool energy in the office that I, I it's hard to describe, but you don't you can't feel it until you walk into the office and experience it. Beautiful. So you have the candidates in the pipeline. What are certain questions that people tend to ask? Typical questions that you tend to see over and over again that you, you know everyone do you know that the candidates ask. Yes, that candidates ask. So what do candidates ask? They ask. Well, they do. They agree. What's the culture like? I'd say almost everybody asks that these days. What's the culture like? They want to know, is there opportunities? Like, is there, you know, growth? Everybody always asks about growth. The new thing, well, not new thing, but, you know, in the past few years, a lot of people have been asking, like, do you have training and development? What does that look like? People never used to ask that, but that's within the past five years. I see that all the time. I do, which I I actually love when someone asks because it makes me think. They ask, like, what challenges? You know, what are the challenges? And I'm like, wow. You know, they're not asking just like, uh, they're, they're asking questions that like make me think. So I love when someone asks me that because, you know, I don't get asked that often. But I'd say the main three things are the, the culture, uh, the training and development opportunities, and the room for advancement. Uh, what about, you, you've talked a lot about just the room for advancement within Steve Madden's culture. You know, how, mm-hmm. how, is, how is that established? Like, why is that such a commonality among so many other people? Like, what about Steve Madden encourages how you can really climb up the ladder here? Well, I, I, keep, I keep talking about culture. I think because once you're a cultural fit, you're a cultural fit, right? So it's so much easier to promote and move people around from within because they get it. They get the culture. They get the people. They get the place. They know the systems, right? And so it's so much easier to transition someone to another department or division or promote them than, you know, bringing in from the outside. Like before I had my job in HR as head of the HR department, they did bring in a couple of people from the outside and it, it, it was tough and it didn't work out. So, you know, once you're in, you're in and you get it. If you weren't in the HR department, what department would you be working in? Ooh. Gosh, I, I, I always like, I always had an interest in law, but I, I mean, I don't have a law degree, so I don't think that I can go work in the legal department, but I find like some of the legal stuff fascinating. We have like an office operations department that run just the operations of the office. Like I could, you know, possibly do that, but I love what I do. I love HR. I know, you know, I, I can't picture myself anywhere else, but I could do some, maybe the legal, some of the operations or, Hey, who knows? Maybe I'll be the CEO one day, you know, you never know. <laughs> no, you never do know. You never do know. We, well, we could circle back maybe a year from now and see what's going on. Definitely, definitely. So, Lindsay, are there any other companies that you see or that you're aware of that you really like relevant to culture? Like you see them internally that they just have like practices and processes in place that you're like, wow, like they have really efficient, great, like sparkling culture, let's say, from the outside looking in at least. Yeah. Let me think. Let me think. I don't know. I don't know. That's hard to say. I mean, I have I have a couple of friends who work at like some peers that work at like Foot Locker and they, they seem to love their culture there. Um, yeah, if I think of anything else, I'll let you know. But I know I, I have two HR, you know, people who work in HR that work for Foot Locker and they like they, they love it. They're, they're thrilled. They're happy. They have, you know, they do a lot of the training and development and learning. They they have the flexibility, the, like the workplace flexibility. They adop- adopted the hybrid model and it's working very well for them. So off the top of my head, I would say them. Shout out Foot Locker. I am a big fan of Foot Locker myself my whole entire life. <laughs> Is there anyone that you admire that in your in your field, right? Maybe a VP of HR, a chief human resources officer, 
someone who leads a people function? Is there anyone that you admire from your perspective that you see them doing like a really good job at, you know, whatever company that it may be at? You know, I have, like I said, I, I, I work with a group of HR professionals. It's like 10 of us who work to, who, who I work, who I'm part of an organization with that we work together in this HR shoe business. And they're just all great. And I'm not, and I, and I, and I mean that because they just are, they just like, they, I think they care about the people. And I think that's, that's very important when you're in HR, you know, it's, you, you care about the people and you have to protect the company too. Right. So, so it's this fine line sometimes because you got to protect the company, but you got to care about the people and be compassionate. And the, the people that are in this group with me, they, they care. And I think that's just huge. And I, so I admire them all for that. Right. Because like they'll go to bat for their people, which is, which is like important and not everybody will do that. And, and they all do. So I, I, I respect and admire that. Mm, certainly, certainly, certainly. Well, Lindsay, it's been fantastic. Thank you so much for answering all these questions in a really thorough, detailed way. I think a lot of the listeners are going to get a great glimpse of what it's like at Steve Madden and uh, about who you are. Can you tell the people where they could learn more about Steve Madden, potentially careers, and maybe where they could find you if they'd like to connect with you? Sure. Lindsay Benson. I'm on LinkedIn, so you can find me there. And if you visit our website, which is www.stevemadden.com, we have our website and you can click on careers and, and see all of the open opportunities we have. And we have, of course, we have a LinkedIn company page as well, where we post some information about open positions and some, we have some videos and some pictures of what it's like to, to, to work at Steve Madden. Very, very lovely. Lindsay, a closing statement, a- anything you'd like to add? For, for, for the people out there? You know, I just would say that H- I love HR, right? I, I love HR. And I think because I love what I do, because I love what I do and I'm so passionate, it shows. And I'm happy going to work every day. And I think that is so important because when you're your best self, you're going to do your best work. And I'm my best self. And that's why I, I'm, I'm so happy and have been so successful at Steve Madden because I love it. I love it. I love the company and I love what I do. Absolutely love that. Uh, for everyone out there listening, I hope you, you take that to heart right there because it's so important. Lindsay, thank you for those beautiful words and thank, thank you for coming you. on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes, of course. And to everyone listening to the New Seed Podcast, thank you very much as always and until next time.